Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Host by Tori Show. Today we have Lindsay Metzler on the podcast. Lindsay is the creator and host of popular dating podcast, We Met at Acme, where she welcomes authors, sexologists, intimacy coaches, and other influential leaders in the romantic wellness industry to talk about all sorts of topics. Lindsay is also sober after recognizing she needed to make a change in her life about five years ago. I was able to do this podcast with Lindsay in New York, which was really fun. So let's get into what we talked about. We talked about Lindsay's view on compatibility of partners based on how much they like to drink, how to split the bill with people when they are drinking and you are not, what the term sobriety means and how it be confusing the way some people use the term today, what Lindsay does to de-stress instead of drinking and date night ideas how some can think of getting sober, being seen as a failure, and how that has completely changed. I'm really excited for you to listen to this one. As always, if you do enjoy the show, it would mean the world if you left a rating or review on Apple or Spotify. And if you are interested, you can now watch some of the episodes on YouTube. All right, let's get into it. Lindsay, thank you for coming on. I first wanted to start with just hearing a little bit about your relationship with drinking, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with We Met at Acme, which is primarily a dating podcast. Um, but there is a uh, component of you in your life, what, which is that you are sober. And so can you explain a little bit to us about you becoming sober and kind of where you are now? Yeah. By the way, thank you so much, Tori, for having me. Um, so I am sober. I will have five years of sobriety in October, Congrats. which is crazy. Thank you. And kind of like how it came to be is I, my main thing was actually weed. I had a very unhealthy relationship with weed and I needed to be high all the time. I got to a point where I was like needing weed to be baseline. I needed it to eat. I needed it to sleep. And when I didn't have it, I was so irritable I also always had kind of like an all or nothing relationship with alcohol. Mm -hmm. I am actually allergic to wine. I know a lot of sober people say that, but I truly am allergic to Like when you say allergic, do you mean like red face, like swelling? Anaphylaxis. Like Like I will straight up die if I drink wine. It's the craziest thing. What? No, it's wild. Um, And that didn't develop until like senior year of college. Um, And so I have that allergy. So I was drinking tequila because like no one's Mm. allergic to tequila, you know? And when I would drink, it was either that I was blacked out or completely sober. Like Mm. there was no in between. It just wasn't fun for me. Yeah. I was like, there's no point of going out and having like one drink. Like, why would I do that? Yeah. Um, Unless that one drink is tequila on the rocks and I'm like drunk from it. And so I never was someone who had like an in between when I was like, drinking or smoking or whatever. It was like very all or nothing mentality. Are you like all, all or nothing mentality in life or was it just with that? It's so funny because not really. I mean, I I actually never thought I had an addictive personality and I still don't to this day. I just know that I'm better off without drinking yeah. and without smoking. And sobriety looks different for everyone. There are some people who like would have died and if they didn't become sober, I probably would be here today. Um, but I wouldn't be living the quality of life that I am. Yeah. And so obviously you talk a lot about dating and you found a partner, um, 
who, from what I can tell, isn't like a huge drinker, might drink somewhat casually. Um, and so from what I hear from a lot of people who are looking to maybe like not drink as much is that when they are dating, uh, they're dating people who drinking maybe is at the forefront of what they're doing. And so how do you think about compatibility around drinking and dating? Do you think it works if someone is sober and someone goes out a lot and drinks? Do you think that there can be a medium? Do you think people can change? Like, give us your view a little bit on just kind of how you talked about it with Steven. Um, and if he changed at all, given given your relationship with it and how that might be able to evolve for some people. I love that you brought that up because I think it was literally yesterday I made a video on TikTok about things you have to have in common with your partner. And one of them was how much you guys like to drink or like okay. your thoughts on drinking. I do think that it is really important to be on the same page. I think that it can be really hard to have one sober partner and one partner who loves to black out. Yeah, totally. Like that's just unmanageable. That doesn't work. Um, I do think that, you know, finding a middle ground is okay. Like one partner who like likes to get fucked up once in a while and one who's sober could work. Um, with Steven, when we first met and he found out I was sober, he was like, oh, that's great because I want to drink less. I Everyone up, wants to drink less. Right, right, right. So like no, nothing to be afraid of if you say you're sober. Yeah. But I ended up finding out that he actually just wasn't a big drinker at all and, like, was trying to sound cool. Um, he just doesn't really care about drinking. And so when we're home, the two of us, like, there's no alcohol that gets consumed. There's alcohol in our apartment, but he doesn't touch it. Yeah. He doesn't have a desire to. Whereas, like, we have some couple friends who, like, they both like to have, like, four drinks at dinner. And, like, that actually works for them because yeah. they're both on the same page. Do you find that going out with other couples who like to do that is as enjoyable or do you, and I feel like you and Steven love each other's company so much that you're like wanting to hang out. But obviously you have so many friends that like you go out with, do you choose different friends because of that? Cause like, honestly, I don't love going to a dinner and people are like drinking a lot and getting kind of loud and annoying. And it's like, not maybe as like fun given the level they're on, but how do you think about that at all? Like, are you influenced by how much someone's going to drink when you go out? The only thing that's not enjoyable about that is when the check comes. Oh, okay. So many, so so many people asked me when. Well, first off, when I said I was interviewing you, everyone everyone freaked out. Um, but they, one of the things is like splitting the bill, and I think that is an anxiety thing for a lot of people because they don't want to call it out. But it is a big deal. No, it definitely is. I have, I do not notice if another couple is like drinking for drinks and getting fucked up, like. Like, I'll, I'll notice that they're doing it, obviously, but I don't notice in terms of, like, I'm not, like, dinner is now not fun yeah. because they're drunk. Like, yeah, no, yeah. dinner's still fucking fun. Like, we don't really go out with our, like, we don't go out with, like, fake friends. Like, we're going out with people who we really genuinely love, so right. we always have a good time. But um, when the bill comes, it's always, you know, a thing because Stephen will have gotten, like, one drink to make them, like, not, like, feel like yeah. he's not drinking and them feel uncomfortable. And then so when we go to pay, you know, it's like split equally. And like sometimes they'll be like, no, like we'll get it because like we drink more or like we'll pay the check, tip the or, tip because yeah. we drink more. And Steven like is just such like a, I don't know if goody goody is the word or like he's just like too nice that he'll be like, oh no, it's fine, dude. Like it's fine. Like we'll split it. And then after he'll be like, oh, that was so expensive. And I'm like, well, you should have just <laughs> let them pay the tip. Yeah, I know. That is like, it is kind of awkward. I think for some people they've said, oh, maybe um, 
like, I don't know, like get an appetizer, like say they'll pay for the appetizers or something like that to try and and split it. But I do think it is maybe something even like ahead of time you would say, hey, like maybe I'm not going to drink, like I'll get my own bill or something like that. I don't know if you have a solution for like girls dinners or anything. I think the solution, and this is, I've learned it very recently, and it could be the solution at the couple's dinner too, is that one person pays like and the person and then Venmo's the other. Or cash apps. Yeah, yeah. Because I um went on a bachelorette recently and one girl put everything on her card, everything from the whole bachelorette. Then at the end, she Jeez. individually charged people, but she deducted like the drinks from yeah. mine. And yeah, I yeah. thought that was very thoughtful. Yeah. And I was like, that's what should happen from now on in an ideal world. Totally. In terms of the new sober cure, and I don't want to say trend because I actually think this is like a structural shift, but sober curious, I say zero proof forward, which means like I'm not sober, but I've already gone through my sober curious phase. And like, this is where I am. Um, the term people using just like sober, maybe not if they had to get sober, but they don't drink like all these terms as someone who's sober, what do you think about them? Are you excited about more non-alcoholic drinks coming out and like non-alcoholic brands? I know you love your diet Coke and like aren't a a huge non-alcoholic cocktail girl. Um, but do you think it's like the right way the industry is moving or I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on it? Yeah. Well, I like it a lot in terms of like a movement. I think that the more yeah. people can be clear headed, the better. And I'm actually curious. So you, you coined the term zero proof forward or someone else? I, I coined in quotes. Um, yeah. Like basically how I wanted to describe it. Like what I think personally is that someone who is sober curious is trying a lifestyle that doesn't have as much alcohol. But I think for a lot of people who have been a drinker that, uh, becoming sober is like pretty daunting to think of like, oh, I'm never going to drink again. And I personally have a couple of drinks. Like I had a glass of champagne at my wedding. I'll have an Aperol spritz from time to time, but I don't drink a lot because I know I'm just not my best self. Like it doesn't make me feel good. All of the things you can imagine. And so I like to say zero proof forward. So the vast like majority of the time I don't drink. Um, so it, it is like a label, but it's like meaning I've gone through that sober curious phase and this is where I've right. ended. And so that's the term I like to use. I personally. love that. Wait, and by the way, you're married. I feel like you're so young. How old are you? I'm 28. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not that young. I'm not that young. I mean, you're not I, old. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> but I. But you look like you're 22. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I don't know if that's a compliment. But it yes, is. It I is. actually met my... I would love if someone said that to me. I know, right? I met my husband in New York seven years ago. Oh, my God. We just got married a month ago. That's so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. you And that's so cute that you met here, but now you both live in Austin. Yes. We met in New York. J.P. Morgan Training. We're here for three years. I left him to go to San Francisco. He followed me a year later. We were in COVID. And now we're in Austin. That's so cute. When are your birthdays? I'm September 11th. Oh my God. So I'm a Virgo. Virgo yes. And then um, his is November 30th. Uh, Sag. Yeah. So I like I, that. I don't like know his vibe though. Like I know mine. I'm very in tune with like me as a Virgo. Like yeah. I am a Virgo and I think I am a Virgo. What's the second part of it? Virgo rising. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I've like had my whole chart done. Um, I asked him his birthday to, you know, just like look at it. And he was like, I don't know, or asked the time. Right. He was like, I have no idea. I'm like, I literally on my birthday at 7.08 a.m. I'm like, I'm like, finally, you know, right. And he was He's like, I am not sure. I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, we need to text his mom. But um, so I like more people becoming sober. I think it's awesome. However, I think that 
the way that you phrase it is great. Zero proof. I would love that. Some people will be like, I'm sober. I know. And they will like do shrooms or they will like smoke weed. And it's like that is not sober. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not the police, but that's just not what sobriety is. Like sobriety is completely absolved of mind or mood altering anything. And that isn't sober. So that's the one thing where I'm like, I don't love that people are coming out here being like, I'm sober. And it's like, you're not sober. Yeah. I think it's so cool to be like, I try, I'm trying to drink lesser. I haven't drank alcohol in a few months. That's different, yeah. you know? Yeah. But don't come out here being like, I'm sober. And then you're not sober. That can be very confusing to people who actually have an alcohol addiction or yeah. like an addiction. Yeah. I think for me too, it's hard because I started my brand around just like making mocktails. And now I like using non-alcoholic cocktail better just because I think it sounds more sophisticated. But um, to start, I was just making really creative non-alcoholic drinks because I loved cocktails, but I was like, I want the craftsmanship of a drink. I just don't necessarily want the alcohol. So whatever, I started like doing this. And I feel as though there is a part of my community or audience, my, you know, 4,000 Instagram followers that... Um, is sober and I want to provide inspiration around not drinking as much, but I also don't, I don't want to cross like that line for any reason why someone is like actually sober. And so I do try to think pretty critically around the terminology and just share like what's best for me because I don't, I don't know for other people, um, like what's going to be the best solution for them. And I actually have a couple of people, I don't think that you're this way, but that don't want anything like the less than 0.5%. Um, cause even like one lit, like drop of it, they don't want. Um, so there are some that are like 0% purely. And then there are some that like the 0.5%, which are like the wines and the beers and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but I agree. I think that there's been a lot of like wellness movements on, on Instagram and, and other like social media around sober sobriety of, of people who just like aren't drinking and saying that. And I, I do think it's like a little bit confusing the way people are using it. But yeah. anyway, um, a lot of people I think come or like think about alcohol at the end of the day when they are wanting to like relax or rewind, which is like interesting because I used to think I'd like do that where I was like, oh, a glass of wine would be so nice on like a Thursday night. And then I feel kind of tipsy and I'm like, I don't really like, I don't want this. I'm just going to go to bed. Um, what do you do to relax if you had like a stressful day or you're like, I need something. Is it a Diet Coke? Is it a, I'm going to watch reality TV? Is it a, I just want to hang out with Steven? Like give us some examples to kind of take back to people who are looking for something to fill that void. Yeah. The first thing that makes me relax, and this isn't something I get to do every night, but when I do get to do it, it really does relax me is bake or cook. I like- You've been cooking more, right? Like, I've been cooking more. Okay. I started in the pandemic and Someone once told me in terms of like something that makes you feel relaxed or makes you feel happier is just doing one thing with your hands every day. And so obviously that doesn't include being on your phone. Yeah, like typing, yeah, editing, like, like TikTok. Yeah, like drawing or cooking. Something where you just aren't really looking at your phone unless it's like for a recipe. Um, reading could count. So, so one of those things when I get home, I love to do like even laundry, like folding like you know yeah. folding yeah like that stuff relaxes me other people might be like that's like that's crazy yeah. like that's the opposite of relaxing for me but that really helps me if I can't cook because like we're going to dinner or this or that 
Um, honestly, like, yeah, something mind numbing like reality TV or like a funny TikTok, things like that. I'm never, and I know this sounds so like bogus almost, but I'm never really that stressed because a lot of my stress came from like drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Like I don't have a lot of stress in my life. I'm able to manage it very well. And I 100% attribute that to being sober. That's awesome. Do you not get stressed out about work at all? I definitely do. There are things that I'm stressed out about right now. Like I have a tour coming up and I'm like, oh yeah. How do I make sure people come see me in Nashville? Like no one knows who I am in Nashville, you know, like things like that. But I'm like, well, we'll take it like a day at a time. Like I have a very cool guest coming to join me. Like I'm sure she has friends that will come. Like it will work out the way that it's supposed to work out. And like, if there's only, you know, 40 people there, that's okay. Like, there's uh, any more than 40 you know, people. it is what it is. Like, I, I'm just happy to have anyone there at yeah. all. Yeah. I, I heard from someone a long time ago that they, this is like maybe a little bit too regimented, but like schedule time to be like worried or stressed about things. Because if you're so stressed or if you're stressed about something, you're going to let that make you stressed throughout everything you do during your day versus just like, okay, for this 10 minutes, I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to make it actionable. And then I'm not going to be stressed because like maybe it's out of my control or I've already done what I can do. Um, and I feel like that's a really good mindset yeah. that you also you brought up around just like, just happy to be here. I hope some people show up. But Right. Like, I like that a lot. Um, I, I also, one thing I forgot in terms of de-stressing at the end of the day, I like to call people. Oh, I, I like think that. it's very different energy than texting. Totally. I feel like too, it's, one of those things that you can do like on a walk or while you're folding that laundry. And I feel like a lot of the times I don't, I don't pick up the phone to do it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I like don't have time. But like after every conversation I have with a friend who like all my friends don't live in like good friends don't live in Austin after the phone call, I'm like, I'm so happy I did that. Right. So that's awesome. Um, in terms of like the concept of historically uh, people almost attributing to someone being sober is like, oh, they they were a failure. They like couldn't handle their alcohol or drugs or whatever. Um, and that really not being the case at all. You are an extremely successful person and debunking that whole myth. And I think it's totally changed in terms of how people are per- perceiving it. I honestly think that to be successful, you have to like set boundaries and, and really prioritize a lot of things in your life. So um, tell me more about getting sober and also how you felt that's penetrated into your life across like relationships, work you just briefly mentioned. Um, But like, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people who are sober that I've come across are people who have kind of like almost like an X factor, like people who were so, had so much in their brain that like they had to turn it off with drugs and alcohol Mm. almost. And so if you look at some of the most successful people in the world, they are sober. Yeah. Um, And like I used to have like a running list on my phone to like churn out. I right now, of course, like I'm drawing a blank, but there's a ton of like sober, really successful people out there. And um, I think that there, you know, will always be a stigma because that's just, you know, what society is like and and understandably. But I do think that, um, you know, once you get sober, 
And like when you like you don't just get sober most of the time you like work a program to get sober. Yeah. And that program makes you look deep into yourself and like he, right your wrongs. And it's kind of like force that not force, but it's therapy. And so it's more just like someone has that has done the work on themselves. And a lot of time when you do the work on yourselves, you achieve more success. Yeah. And so all the just talking about the sober people I know have become a lot more successful post sobriety than they were before uh, getting sober. And in terms of we met at Acme, did that start before five years? I think your podcast is like five years almost in. My podcast will be six years old in October, which is insane. You are like such an OG (laughs) podcaster. It's insane. (laughs) Makes me feel old. No, no, no. no, but but I love you for saying that. I was not sober for the first year and a half of my podcast. Okay. And I used to smoke weed on episodes. Like I used to be like a, you know, if you listen to my first few episodes, they're awful. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to all the really ones. But you can definitely like tell the difference. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely like not only was I not sober when I started it, I was very single. I was a lot of different things. I was in you know, other relationships before meeting my husband. So like a lot has changed throughout those six years. Yeah. So I kind of want to go off of that because I think the evolution of a brand or company is so interesting. And for you, you just kind of spoke to it. You, when you started, you were not sober, you were single, you were going through dating in New York. I just learned that, um, or I was listening to another podcast and you said that you named your podcast, We Met at Acme, because like a couple met at Acme, you're like, that sounds cool, which is just like so funny. But um, you're now married and sober and you've evolved a lot in the last five years. And for people who first started maybe following you and listening to you and supporting you, they've probably grown and changed over the last five years. You've also gained, you know, new, new audience too. But how do you think about the evolution of we met at Acme and like what you want it to stand for. Do you always think it'll be like a dating and relationship podcast? Um, You're doing live shows now, but like, where is it heading? Like, how do you think about it longer term? Yeah, I think it will always be dating and relationship, but I think it will evolve. Like, you know, whenever my husband and I decide to like start a family, like there'll be other things to discuss, but it'll always come down to like how, let's say having kids affects your relationship or, um, you know, I always want to appeal to people who are single, people who are in a relationship, people who are married and like the in-betweens. And so whether that means just like talking to more guests of all different kinds to stay, you know, like appealing to like a single person, not making them feel left out. Um, because usually that's like someone new coming in to right. the podcast. Right. But then I also don't want to like forget about like the people who might be in the same life stage as me. And like, I want to talk about that as well. So I always say like, I want there to be something for everyone if I could do that. Yeah. And, um, in terms of like the family stuff, I'm sure you've probably taken some learnings from your sister who's like now had kids and like relationship and all that. When you think about, um, what other things you want to do, like the podcast, the live shows, like what gets you really excited? Is it the feedback that you hear from people? Like they listen to their podcast and they found their 
dream guy and they're engaged like what are the things that like keep you going and get you like really excited to keep doing it that is definitely one okay like I love that or like I listened to your advice and I broke up with this horrible guy who treated me badly um I also love you know just like getting to meet people face to face which is why I love the shows and the mixers and things like that and I also really love, we have this list of therapists that's like curated on wemetatacne.com. Actually, I actually use that because when I moved from San Francisco to Austin, you can't use the same therapist because it's by like state by state. Right. And I think I literally Googled it and that came up and I was like, this is actually so nice because you always want like a wreck when you're looking for different therapists or things like that. So yeah, that was actually really Well, that makes me so happy. Really and, and that's one of the things is when someone's like, I found my therapist through your recommendations and there they changed my life or whatever, because it's like, I had a hand in, you know, helping someone heal like a family trauma, you know, like not that I did it myself. I'm not a therapist, but that's so cool to hear. Yeah. In terms of the polls, which are you're known for, like they are iconic. Um, at first, I think you probably came up with like the majority of them. And then now you have submissions of like people sending in. So what's the split between you coming up with them or like submissions? Mm, it's mostly submissions now, but I'll sprinkle like one or two every now and then. And I try to hide mine. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Okay, yeah, Sometimes I'll put in one of my own polls, but I'll only do it when I have like 10 polls that like I'm posting at once. You wouldn't just like randomly like. No, do it. yeah, unless yeah. it's something that I'm like, I feel comfortable asking um, because sometimes it's like too revealing of what I'm going through in the moment, you know? So I'm like, I'll just sprinkle it in and yeah. like people will think it's someone else. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what's been like one of the most like surprising ones you've gotten recently? Like, do you read them and you're like, this is savage or is it like, how do you choose? Do you ever run out of content? Like sometimes I'm like, this is so repetitive. We've asked a similar so poll many before times. and like you guys got to come up with like new stuff. But then I'm like, obviously I'm grateful for people submitting polls. So um, a surprising one recently, I always like screenshot the 50-50 ones mm. to discuss later. I'm trying to think. Do you use like those as things for just like talking about it on your platform or do you use it for like podcast content? Is it more just like fun engagement for the? I think all of the above, honestly. I, I, yeah, there was one recently we asked about like male, like some people's male significant others like crying and how often they cry. Mm. And I was surprised at how infrequently some of these guys were mm. crying. Did Steven cry? Steven at your cries every day, like okay. literally. Not actually, but he's a he's cancer. Like emotional. Yeah, he's an emotional guy. And so I was like, oh wow, like I got one of like the only emotional guys, apparently. <laughs> yeah. My husband doesn't really cry. It's only happy cry. I've never seen him sad cry. Yeah, no, he doesn't sad cry. Yeah. He's oh he only happy cries. That's yeah. actually a great poll question. Yeah, it's like happy cry or sad. Why do cry? guys only happy cry? Yeah. I guess he's sad cried like a few times. Like fights or like, I don't know, like. Or yeah, like, but, or mostly, like a but mostly happy cries. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, A little bit like, because this is like somewhat relevant in terms of like wedding, because I had my wedding a month ago and weddings are a time where a lot of people are drinking. We're kind of getting into that like summer season where weddings are happening every single weekend. And the approach that I took for my wedding was. I was going to drink, but like I didn't, I wanted to drink if I wanted it. I, 
wasn't going to just wasn't going to restrict myself. Um, and we had some athletic brewing at the rehearsal dinner and we had some Gia. I don't know if you've had Gia. Yeah, 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 I have. Um, we've had some Gia spritzes at the wedding and all, and my pregnant friends were like, this is the best wedding we could have gone to because there's actually like non-alcoholic drinks. Um, and on like weddings that I go to, I typically like just get something like a grapefruit, sparkling water, lime, whatever, if I don't want to drink. Um, and nobody cares either. Nobody like questions or whatever. Um, for your wedding, and I think you've talked about this multiple times, but like, I don't think you could have imagined like having a drink at your wedding given like there's so much emotion going on. Um, but talk a little bit about like weddings and how you approach weddings. And I feel like the hard thing is you're so confident and comfortable with where you are and like not drinking that I feel like it's almost like so easy. It's like you get a Diet Coke and get on the dance floor. But like, do you ever feel like you want to participate? Like, do you miss kind of that at all? When I was first getting sober, I went to a wedding pretty early on in my sobriety. And it was really difficult because the bride and groom's like drink of choice was like tequila. And it was nice ass tequila. Like Mm. it was like 1942. (laughs) And I remember how hard it was because I also went to that wedding single and, or just like not single, but my, my boyfriend at the time, I had a boyfriend, but he wasn't invited. And I was just like lonely and I had no one like on my side because everyone was with their significant other, like at their seat. And it was really hard for me. And then I got really lucky. I swear, like this was like a God moment. And like, I usually don't, I'm not like a God person, but next to me was a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a long time, who was also alone because his girlfriend wasn't invited and he wasn't drinking. Like he, he's not oh sober, God. but he was like going through a not drinking time. And I forgot how it even came up. Maybe like the, they came to pour wine and I was like, no, I'm good. And then they came to pour his and he was like, no, I'm good. And I was like, wait a second. Oh my gosh. And it was so great. I got really lucky, but that wasn't always the case. Like I would go to parties and things where like it was surrounded by drinking. Yeah. And if I felt uncomfortable, I would leave early. And guess what? No one cared. No one. That's my thing is like, a lot of people come to me and they're they're like, I wanna I wanna try not drinking, but uh it's it's like really hard for me or something like that. And for me, it's like if you don't wanna drink, that has to start from you within. Like no one really cares un- unless you obviously like have a problem or or going through something. But um if you don't wanna drink as much, it has to come from you, right? Like you have to control that. And I find sometimes when people are doing this that they don't want to drink as much, they'll get somewhere and they'll be like, I'm not drinking, by the way. Like, by the way, I'm not drinking, not not drinking. And everyone's like, okay, like no one cares. No one asks. Um, And they're actually calling like so much more attention to it. Mm. And in reality, like a lot of the time people don't notice it's just all in your own head because society has ingrained us that drinking is a part of like everything. And um yeah, I don't know if you've noticed that yes, either. Yes, 100%. And when you bring it up and you say, I'm not drinking tonight, by the way, you're giving somebody an opportunity to be like, oh, shut up, you're drinking. And you are almost like totally. weaker by saying that as opposed to just not drinking. And if somebody really notices and they're like, why aren't you drinking? You can be like, I'm not in the mood. And they're like, okay, like, you know. Um, but I think that a lot of the time, like I know so many people who have tried to be sober, but then they go on a date and they Talk break their sobriety. That. Yeah, because, because like 
they feel like the other person is going to judge them and they're not going to like get asked on a second date if they don't drink with the person because like that's what you do on dates like you drink and it's like no like there's nothing hotter than somebody being like I'm not going to be pressured to do something that you're going to make me do just to try to get you to like me like then I'd be like oh this person's hot and like I want to go out with them again you know if a well I'm this is probably not in your rules but like if a if a if someone suggests going to get a drink you go right that even if you don't want to drink you go and you just say I'm not you order whatever like a sparkling water or coke or um, a non-alcohol cocktail, you would never, would you ever say, can we get coffee instead? Or is it just, you go to the drinks? I might, depending on like the vibe. Cause I know you and Steven got coffee. So yeah, that's the yeah, yeah. I might be like, I'm going to drink Diet Coke, but like, yeah, let's do it. Or I would just go and then I would order my drink. I don't think it really matters either way. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, I think it is interesting for people because the concept of you know the first date especially for a lot of my friends who are like on the apps it's like yeah we're gonna go and it's the whole do you get one or two if you get two then the person likes you and like wants to keep doing it or one it's like hey we're both not feeling this based on what they say I'm I'm not as um in on the whole like dating world given I've been in a relationship for the past couple years but um I do think it's challenging for some people who are not as like confident and where they are potentially with their like relationship with drinking. Like now I go and I'm like, yeah, let's get drinks. And I get an NA beer or I get whatever that that's there. Um, cause I want to be there. I want to like participate with people and, and still do that. But, um, I think in dating, you can feel pretty vulnerable, especially if you like really like the person and you don't want to yet say that thing. Yeah. Um, you make a really good point because I feel like sometimes you do get judged if if you don't get that second drink, let's say, they'll be like, oh, she doesn't like me. Yeah. And that's so silly. Yeah. But like, I I understand that if you're not confident in your drinking situation or you're not a confident person, period, it's probably really hard to stand your ground. Yeah. And in terms of like date nights for you guys, so I was just thinking about this. Like I, Cam, my husband and I used to, be like, or I used to be like a bigger drinker. So like we would go to Napa and SF and we would go find the cool cocktail bar. And just like, that's not really a part of our life anymore. And sometimes mm-hmm. I get kind of sad thinking about that part of our life, but there's so many other like fun things that we do now. Like we just got a pizza oven and we cook more and we do water activities in Austin and like these other things in terms of like date nights for you, like what gets you super excited? Is it like trying a really cool new restaurant? Is it, um, cooking at home? Like Give us some like date, fun date things that you like to do that like don't revolve around drinking. Yeah, I, it gets me, it like almost gets me off to find like a new hot restaurant. Okay, what's like the new New York restaurant? Uh, okay, I almost don't want to say it because I haven't been able to get in yet. Now it's going to be even harder. But Raf's is okay. like this new restaurant in New York and I've been dying where to is go. It? I think it's like downtown somewhere. I don't know exactly where, okay. but I made a reservation and then I had to cancel it because... Steven, I'll never forgive him. Like, <laughs> made me cancel it. And I got charged $100 for canceling. And I was so upset. And I haven't been able to get another reservation since. And of course, like, you would think, like, they charge you $100. You never want to go again. But that just You're makes like, me want to go even more. And so I'm dying to go there. And then there's this other restaurant called Stretch Stretch Pizza. It's right by okay. our apartment. And we went once. 
when it opened, but we haven't been able to get in again since. And I'm dying to go back. And just like that, like getting excited about, you know, I'm just like a food lover. So getting excited about like finding a new place is really fun. Um, I think like doing activities is great in New York, especially there's like so, and I'm sure in Austin too, like comedy places. Yeah. You could see great shows. Um, There's like magic shows that are actually really fun. Um, Have you done the one at, um, Oh, the Nomad. Yeah, so it yeah. closed. It did? Yeah, well, the Nomad, like, is now a different place, like a member's this is club. like, dating me, I like, kn- being in New York. <laughs> no, but I did go back in the day on a date. It's so fun. Um, and they have other great magic shows in New York, too. So nice. there's always things to do. Yeah. The um. So on the restaurant thing really quick. So when I lived in New York, I had this whole thing. I'm a huge restaurant person, and I had this, like, website that my whole thing was like, there's so many great restaurants, but no one knows how to get into them. They're on open table. They're on resi. They're on talk. Some are a month out. Some are 28 days. Some are at 12 a.m. Some are at 10 a.m. And so I had this website that um, basically like told you how to get into the restaurants in New York. Oh, you need to send this to me. Well, now I, uh, I, I didn't want to pay for the domain anymore. So I like shut it down two years ago and now it's probably all changed. But it was awesome because... Um, I was like the restaurant or I was sorry. I was like the reservation person. Like I just book reservations 30 days out and I'm like, I don't know if we'll go, but I just like book them anyway, just to like have them That's so in, Virgo. in case I know it's like people be like, Oh, like we have no plans this week. I'm like, Oh, I have like a reservation actually at Suerte at seven 15. If you guys want to come and they're like, what? Like, That's how is amazing. that possible? But, um, now it's all changed because the New York landscape, I don't know. My brother lives here and there's a whole like secret reservation thing happening totally and it like i'm so glad i'm not here for that because i would have hated that when i was here just because i liked the game of it and now people are getting past the game if you know what i mean yeah it's not fair but it sounds like you get in all the places no i really don't i do resi alerts that's like it yeah i actually went to sadell's for lunch today and i had like five resi alerts i was like great just Amazing. Got in. Okay, Lindsay, tell us where I, everyone knows you, but like, where can they find you? Tell us what's next. You can find me, We Met at Acme, wherever you listen to podcasts or on Instagram at We Met at Acme. My personal Instagram is Lynn's Metz. And um, go to We Met at Acme.com slash events and come to one of our shows. Yeah. Well, so, what's the lineup? Uh, Boston, New York, DC, and then Nashville at the end of July. Okay. Amazing. Love it. Great. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. As you know, I am not a specialist and I am not trained to give advice whatsoever. These are just my own personal thoughts and conversations. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate or review the show. If you can, it helps so, so much. Feel free to find me on social channels, Host by Tori, and my website, www.hostbytori.com. See ya!